Welcome to Bible and Bourbon. Today we are covering Matthew chapter 21, verses 12 through 22. Jesus cleanses the temple court. Today I am drinking Maker's Mark Private Selection. This is their cast-strength bourbon and has been aged an additional nine weeks. I don't really know how much additional aging happens in those nine weeks, but the cast strength does make a difference. The particular version I am drinking is a little over 110 proof. Overall, it's uh, fairly smooth. But let's go ahead and we'll start with our prayer request for the week. A pastor that I know has been diagnosed with late-term cancer and is at the end stages of life. He is a faithful man, and he knows that he is going on to a home full of glory above, and he is confident in his place there. But his family will still mourn his loss, so please keep him in your prayers, and especially keep his family in your prayers. Whenever someone does make the transition into uh, the other side of the Jordan, it's not them who feel the pain, but it is those people left behind. So I know that they need your prayers this week. But let's go ahead and we'll start with our scripture reading from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 21, verses 12 through 22. Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, My house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple and he healed them. But the chief priest and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did, and the children shouting in the temple courts, Hosanna to the son of David. They were indignant. Do you hear what these children are saying, they asked him? Yes, replied Jesus. Have you never read? From the lips of the children and infants, you, Lord, have called forth your praise. And he left them and went out of the city to Bethany, where he spent the night. Matthew chapter 21, verses 12 through 22. This is another one of the famous stories of Jesus' life. Jesus entering the temple and overturning the tables of the money changers. And in many ways, it can seem applicable in our current Christian context. I've known people who've left churches because their church has hosted a yard sale or a craft fair. They see it as if they are inviting money changers into the house of worship and making it into a marketplace. And a simple reading of this scripture can lead to that explanation. And it makes you wonder, if Jesus did overturn these tables and this marketplace in the temple courts, then should churches host such events? However, I think there's something deeper here, and I don't think that we should run into a church that's hosting a craft bazaar for their members in the community and throw over the tables, especially if it's small business owners who are making those crafts, Uh, because I don't think that that is the heart of Jesus's message. It's not so much that people were selling things in the temple courts, but how they were selling it and what they were doing with the money, but particularly who they were taking the money from, who was benefiting 
from this cell. And I think it's important to know that this isn't inside the temple proper. This is merely on the temple grounds, and the temple was a very large complex. Uh, This area was, in particular, the court of the Gentiles. Uh, This was the only area where non-Jews could enter, and they could come in to this section of the temple complex. Originally, this court was not designed to be a marketplace, but over time, it had become one. Uh, Originally, this was supposed to be a a place for Gentiles to come and learn about Judaism, a place where they could come and experience the worship of God even though they were not yet converted to the true worship of God. It was a place where Gentiles from all over the world could learn about, well, the light, the, the light that we all follow. But during the Roman period, it became this marketplace for a very particular reason. Jews were required to pay a tax to the temple. Uh, This temple tax was paid in the Jewish local currency, a shekel. This currency, while it was used in the temple and in some other places inside of Jerusalem, was not widely accepted anywhere else. Even in the Roman province of Judea, the shekel, the Jewish currency, was not accepted. Instead, people used Roman or Greek currency commonly to exchange goods. That would have been the currency that everyone had. So, if you were coming from the countryside, you would only have your Greek or Roman currency. You wouldn't have the shekel that is required to pay this temple tax. So, a marketplace sprung up as a way for people to exchange their common currency for this very specific currency. And likewise, people needed a place to purchase animals to sacrifice. In Second Temple Judaism, sacrifices were an important aspect of religious faith. It was expected that if you were a good Jew, you would occasionally sacrifice a live animal at the temple. And most Jews did not live near Jerusalem. They lived far out in the countryside. And the roads themselves were not well maintained back then. There were often robbers, particularly during pilgrimage festivals like this one, when people would be traveling on the road. People tried to travel as light as possible, and bringing a dove or livestock with you just wasn't very practical. And even more than that, if you were to bring a dove along with you during the journey, it could perish on the road, leaving you with no animal to sacrifice. So having a marketplace where you could take coins and either exchange them into a shekel for your temple tax or exchange them into a dove or another animal to sacrifice was a necessary function for pilgrims to come and pay their respect in the temple in Jerusalem. But from what we can tell, there was a change, a change that happened slightly before the time of Jesus. Because Before, 
A lot of these money changers or, or these vendors who sold doves and other livestock weren't within the city limits of Jerusalem. We can tell from different archaeological finds that these exchangers seem to have set up shop outside of the city gates. And they did this for a very particular reason. You weren't required to pay certain taxes outside of the city. It's the same reason today, well, you'll find a lot of houses right outside of a city limits because they can get out of that property tax, right? If I live just outside of the city of Louisville, perhaps, then I don't pay a tax to the city. I can get a break on my taxes. That's the same thing that happened before this marketplace was moved into the court of the Gentiles. These Traders set up shop outside of the city, and they were able to give a fair rate of exchange. They could exchange your currency for a fair rate and give you a shekel, or they could take your currency and give you a dove at a discount. It was a way that everyone could win from the situation. The exchangers could make their own money and support their family, and the pilgrims could come in and sacrifice an animal without having to pay a surcharge or bring the animal themselves. But, as Rome became an increasingly powerful broker inside of the city of Jerusalem, they didn't like that they were being cheated. They wanted these taxes to be paid, so they forced these sellers to move from outside of the city limits to the court of the Gentiles, right there in the heart of the city, so that they would make sure their taxes would be paid. And in doing this, they also decreased the number of people who offered exchanges or offered animals for sacrifices, making the market smaller so that only officially sanctioned sellers could operate. In doing this, the city increased their taxes by charging the pilgrims more. It was a great deal for Rome, it was a great deal for the religious elite, but it was an awful deal for those people on the countryside. I mean, you can think of it like going to a sporting event today. If you're going to go watch a football game and you're going to eat a hamburger, you're going to pay $15 or $20. It doesn't matter if you could get that same hamburger outside of the stadium for $5, You're inside it, and you're not going to leave. Where else are you going to go? You have to pay whatever they ask. But but this isn't a stadium where this is happening. This is the house of God. People are being taken advantage of in the house of God. And that's what upsets Jesus, It's not about people selling knickknacks. If you're selling your Christmas knickknacks or have a yard sale in your church and that money goes to your outreach and your missions, that's not what Jesus is upset about. Jesus is upset that people are coming in and trying to genuinely express their religious faith and other people are using that belief to make themselves wealthy. The poorest Jews are being taken advantage of by the wealthiest. And we see this also in the location 
that Jesus calls this, this house of prayer. He says, you've taken the house of prayer and you've made it a den of robbers. A den of robbers. Because a robber doesn't necessarily live on the street, right? They might rob you on the road. They might rob you outside of town, but, but they don't live on that road. They don't live in that location. They live back in their den. He's calling it a den of robbers because the people stealing it are the only ones that live there. They live in that den. They live in the court. They live in Jerusalem, and they are taking advantage of the people who don't. And this financial interest is the problem. And Jesus is done with it. He overturns the tables and he gets rid of the ways that these wicked people are making their money. And what does he do instead? He heals the blind and he heals the lame. The people at the very lowest ring of society, the people who cannot support themselves. If you are blind or you are lamed, then you cannot work in the city. You cannot provide for yourself. He is doing what is right to those people and getting rid of those people who do nothing but make themselves wealthy. And that's where I see a call to today. It's not about whether or not we sell things in the church, but it's who we are looking out for as a church. Are we looking out for the wealthy people who are already here? Or are we looking out for the people at the bottom who need to hear the love of Christ? There are people in our society who don't come to church, who don't know God, who, who haven't heard a message of love. And the way that you show that love to them isn't by taking advantage of them. It's by helping them, by being there for them, by showing them love. That's what it is to be a Christian. That's what Jesus is calling us to do to help those blind and lame who need it. As always, I'd like to thank you for joining me today. If you have any prayer requests or questions over the material, please email me at bibleperiodbourbon at gmail.com. And while it's true that Jesus drank wine, an occasional glass is different than an addiction. If you need help, please seek it. If you need help but don't know where to look, please reach out to me and I'd be happy to guide you. Blessings, everyone. Mm-hmm.